Welcome to your journey of healing with the Healing Podcast, hosted by licensed clinician Monique Oway and co-host Dr. Amber Moan. Thank you for tuning in to the Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Monique Oway, and I am joined by my lovely co-host here, Dr. Amber Moan. Okay, so today's topic is malignant mothers. Yep, you heard it right. Malignant mothers. Again, thank you so much for your support. For tuning into the Healing Podcast, please continue to like, share, subscribe. We definitely appreciate you. We hope this has been helpful to you or to someone you know. So, malignant mothers. Well, how can a mother be malignant? Well, let me first say, we hear all these good things. Moms are the best, right? Moms are your (laughs) go-to. Moms are the ones you confide in. Those are the ones who are nurturing. Those are the ones who... Look out for you. Those are the ones who give you that good advice, right? That's what moms are like, right? Many times you hear it. Mother's Day is a very popular holiday or special day because moms are like the core, right? We wouldn't be here if some type of mom didn't birth us or take care of us. Now, unfortunately, everybody's not that great mom that you get to celebrate on Mother's Day. And I think it's time we talk about it. Dr. Moan. What would be a description of a malignant mother? Goodness, that's, that's tough. One who may not have that, you know, maternal instinct. It could be, you know, a mother who is unable to nurture their child, maybe not have that, you know, uh, mother-daughter relationship, uh, mother-son relationship, who... Takes advantage. Yes, takes advantage. Yes. Yeah, I think what it is, is to, they're manipulative. They may have been abusive to you when you were growing up, or maybe now as an adult, they just make it very much all about them. Jealous. Jealousy is another trait of a mother who can be a malignant mother, right? Let's look, let's, well, let's back up. Let's talk about what malignant is. Malignant is something that's, it, it gets in there and, and it, it causes pain. It can sometimes lead to death, right? It's, it's a toxic behavior. That's what malignant means, right? It's something that gets in there and it starts to destroy. And something that's healthy and it starts to destroy it, right? That's what toxic behavior does. And a malignant mother, for whatever reason, if they were abusive to you growing up or neglectful, we got that. Some people managed to get out those situations. Maybe someone else came in and cared for them. But that trauma still lingers sometimes until they deal with it, right? And some people did not get out of it. They had to just deal with this mother and find a way to deal with that mother. I mean, it could have been an issue with substance abuse, right? It could have been a drug problem, alcohol problem, right? That still could have been an issue where you have a malignant mother. Even the needed, the thing that they do that they make you feel guilty for not doing what they want you to do, that also is that type of behavior. So where even though they've done hurtful things to you, they will make it so to where you feel bad for not being there for them. That also is the trait, excuse me, of a malignant mother. And Dr. Moan said it could be the behavior, the relationship with the mother-daughter, mother-son. Well, Dr. Mother Moan, dealing with a malignant mother, the issue is, don't they somehow penetrate and get involved in your life to where it starts to affect other people in your life? Oh, or is absolutely. it just you and them? Oh, no. It, it, it can trickle out through the whole family. The whole family. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. How far can it go? Like, does it? Why, well, one, why can't it just stay between the mother and the person? Mother, daughter, mother, son. Well, I mean, you know, it depends on the situation. You could have, you know, kids. And they may feel like, you know, you're not raising your kids the way they would or not doing the things that they would want you to do. As far as, you know, your spouse or, you know, your significant other. They can find something wrong. It could be anything. Um, always have something to say. Often, malignant mothers have mind control. And you don't even realize it. So it's like, you know, what they say. They could be, you know, pulling the strings and controlling, you know, how you are, what you do in your own relationship. Yeah. Very true. I think they also make, I think a malignant mom, for those trying to struggle, who are struggling with that, if, if, if your mom is that way, or was that way, if they're no longer here, you know, they sometimes make their problems your problem. And their problem might have been something they did. It wasn't something you caused, something that they did. But somehow they're making you make it yours and then you sometimes own their problem like you because you really feel about like well I don't want my mom going through this and I feel bad for them and then you're taking on their problem so now you're suffering because now you're not dealing with only not only dealing with your stuff you're dealing with their stuff right so that also can be the trait of a malignant mother and again if there was only saying that's the same thing as a toxic mom because we know there are mothers who are nurturing out there this is you if your mother was nurturing you may not be able to comprehend this but everybody did not have that nurturing mom. Believe it or not. Okay. And <laughs> it might, or you could be the mom who was questioning, am I that way? Well, you have to ask yourself, do you insert yourself in everything that your child does? Your child has been grown for years now, but you still insert yourself. You still criticize them. When they have something good, instead of you celebrating them, you brush over it and you go over to what you got going on good. You know, those different things are traits of a mom who may not be as great of a mom. And the thing is, it's painful, right? I mean, Dr. One thing is, why do we care, right? Okay, you're grown now. You don't have to deal with your mom. Why do we care so much about this toxic mom? Well, we can just, can, can we just, okay, can we just do that? Can we just ignore them? Or is it that it's just the pain lingers in? It comes across and things. It comes over. What happens? There? It's painful. It's painful. And if you, as a kid, you may not even understand or even realize it. And you just, you know, you deal with it just to get through, just to get by, just to, you know, see another day. But as an adult, like, you know, it could even trickle down to you. Like, you can find, you know, inherit some of those characteristics without even realizing it. You know, it can, you know, destroy the relationship you have with your own children or, your, you know, your own, you know, the people around you, your own family. You might even, as an adult, understand, you know, what happened. But accepting it is something totally different. I mean, it's still, you know, it hurts. And if you're still having these issues with your mom not able, you know, to just have, you know, I got my quotes up, air quotes, a normal relationship, you know, with your mom, like, it can take a toll. It's depressing. Yeah. It can make you anxious. It can mess with your self-esteem because you're a mom too now and you're thinking, well, am I, am I a good mom or am I, am I neglecting my children the way that my mother did? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you'll become overly protective because you're trying to be so much not like your mom that you're doing a little bit too much as, as a mom yourself. And again, the trace and the trickle down effect of that mother that you had, your, that behavior, those lasting effects, those things, those emotions 
trickle down into other areas in your life. Dr. Mo mentioned to your partner, like you could be married or with a significant other and you get off the phone made with your mom and they say, you know, you're down and your significant other's like, well, what's going on? And you're mm-hmm. like, I, I just need a break because that person brings you down. They yes. change your mood, right? Yes. It's not like you don't go to them, hey, I just need some advice. I need some support. I need to cry on your shoulder. They literally make you feel like, I want to pull my hair out or mm-hmm. you feel worse. Or somehow you feel like you feel bad, not bad about what you were going through, mm-hmm. something bad about something they said. Yes. So, you know, so it becomes that type of relationship. And we're here to say it shouldn't be that way. We're not saying it's not that way. Yes, it is that, but it should not be that way. When we come back, we'll talk about what you may need to do when, if you're experiencing something like a malignant mom. So before we get back into it, I'm going to go ahead and make a quick segue here. And you guessed it, Dr. Bone, we get into the situation. What's our situation for today? Dear Healing Podcast, my fiance and I are getting married in two months. Recently, he had surgery, and the doctors told him that one of the side effects may be the loss of getting an erection. They said if that happened, there will be a 70% chance his body would never recover after time and he would get normal erections again. Well, unfortunately, he did have the side effect. He has not been able to get or maintain an erection. The doctor said based on blood work and other diagnostic testing, they believe his body will return to normal in a few months. My concern is what if it does not? My fiance is depressed about this. He feels he would not be able to keep me happy if this problem persists. I as well have concerns. Does this mean we should call off our wedding? Wow. So he had a surgery. And right now there's a 70% chance. Um, his body will recover, but there is to get normal. I think it's certain to say that it would happen as a side effect. And the side effect happened. Okay. They, they okay. think he will. Okay. Wow, that's, that's tough. So typically when we get married, it's typically for better or for worse. If something like this, I mean, and, and it is important, it's about your sex life and what, you know, you're going to be, you know, whether you're going to be happy or not. Um, sex is, you know, a big part of you know, a relationship. I think that you guys need to talk. I think that I definitely wouldn't go into a marriage if you're unsure whether you can last if he's not able to have an erection. I think, I don't think that you should call it off. Maybe you postpone it. Maybe you go to therapy, you know, continue to, you know, to talk about it. And maybe you wait to see if it's something that, you know, you know, if he's going to, to see if he's going to be able to have an erection or not, you know, after everything is said and done, I know that might not, you know, make him feel good. You know, it may question, he may question your love for him, but also too, he's down on himself too. He's depressed. And so I'm sure that he wouldn't want to go into a marriage unsure of himself. I think it'll just create a whole lot of issues in the marriage at the beginning. So as much as I'm like, ooh, that's hard to say is just to wait. I think that that's the best thing for the both of you. Okay. Thank you so much for writing into the Healing Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Long, for what you shared. I kind of agree. I'm not going to say it's, you need to call off the wedding, but you definitely, I think, need to postpone it. And I don't know how close the date is. I don't know if you mentioned the date or when it, how close it is, but... Trust me, I think it's better to prevent something from happening than getting in and then having to deal with the consequence. So even if it's a close date, you can recover from postponing. But a divorce because of you're unhappy, that's a whole other ball of, of suffering that you have to go through and things you have to address. So I think postponing a wedding would help 
to see, to give time for him to recover, to see if the doctors are hopeful it's going to bounce back. It's just taking him a little bit of time. Like that, the most like maybe go to counseling. That that might help you guys even grow a stronger bond because you work, you're focused on how do we, how how do we get through a major setback illness, right? How are we supportive of each other if one of us is down? But getting married with that issue, no, I think that's a problem. Intimacy is a very important part in the marriage. Intimacy is not just sex. We know that. But that is a very important part. It's one thing if you both agree you guys don't like it and don't care to have it. That's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But to go in knowing it won't happen because if his problem does not get corrected, he won't be able to have it. That That's going to be an issue, unfortunately. And I know that's got to be weighing on him, too, because I don't think any man wants to have mm-hmm. to go through that. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think... You got to talk about it. You got to delay the wedding because I think it's only going to be to get married. Then hope it'll get fixed. I think that's that's doing it backwards. So I'm sorry that happened to you. If anyone else has experienced this as well, you know how 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 taxing it can be. But I hope you guys can get the treatment for it because I think many times that can be fixed. You just got to find the solution for it. Anything else I can know about this? No. Okay, so I, uh, again, if you would like to share your situation, email support at thehealingpodcast.com. Before we get back into the topic, a word from our sponsor, Healing Expressions. Are you someone who has been considering therapy? Perhaps someone else has told you that you need to talk to a therapist. Or maybe you're in a relationship and you want to discuss some challenges that you've been facing with your significant other. Maybe there's a communication issue, perhaps an incident of infidelity. Or maybe you just want to strengthen your relationship because you guys are thinking about taking another step. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety or depression, perhaps grief, life stressors, and you just want to share your thoughts with someone. Well, consider contacting Healing Expressions. Healing Expressions is a private practice located in the Atlanta, Georgia area. You will be given a session at an affordable price with a licensed therapist. If this resonates with you, consider going to healingexpressionsllc.com reading about the practice, and hitting the contact tab to see if you can book a session. All right. Thank you so much. And back to the healing podcast. Okay. So back into the topic of malignant mothers. Okay. We talked about the damage a malignant mom can do, the suffering that they can cause, how it can affect your life, not just their life, your life. You know, Dr. Mom mentioned a good point beforehand. Like as a child and when you're young, you may not even know it's a problem. It's just normal, right? That's how you're being raised. But once you grow up or become old enough to understand, this shouldn't have been this way. You now can make your own decisions and maybe not interact as much with this mom when you realize you really did damage, right? And no, it should not be that way. So what can you do to cope with it? I'm going to say, and I think Dr. Mommy already mentioned, but I think uh, you got to create a boundary. I think when you have recognized who your mom is or that person that raised you that was the mother figure in your life, I think you have to create a boundary and some distance. That's one way to deal with it. Was there another way to deal with a malignant mom? I think that they need to see, the malignant mother needs to be able to see that you're an adult now and that she can't be in your life the way she wants to be. You have the power to allow, not just the mother, but anybody. You have the power for them to be in your life the way you want them to be. So if they're overstepping, you're right. A boundary needs to be had. My thing is, is that if now that you realize what happened in your childhood was not okay, 
it was not your fault, then I think that, you know, you may not always get, you know, an apology. But I think a conversation and an understanding should be had. Now, whether that, you know, uh, leads to an apology or leads to, you know, the mother acknowledging what she did, you know, that's just all depending, you know, on the persons involved. But, you know, you should be satisfied in how you move forward and understanding that you may not get an apology, but, you know, it may feel good for her to, re- you know, recognize or, or acknowledge what she did, what she did, validate how she made you feel. I think that's important in moving forward. You still have that boundary because most likely it's not going to, you know, stop overnight. But I think that it will help you be able to move forward and understand, you know, and accept, you know, where the two of you are, what she could be in your life instead of just being all over the place and allowing her to be how she wants to be in your life. I hope that that, that makes sense. No, it does. It does. I think ultimately you want to understand how this relationship is affecting you, right? And how it's impacting the way you inter- you interact with others. If it temporarily brings your mood down, has it caused the ending of other relationships? Like, has your relationship with your mom caused conflict with other family members because of the way she is, right? Or things she said? Has it caused you to miss out on things? Has it caused you to be caught up in things that you had nothing to do with? So you have to remember, acknowledge what those things are, because many times I know what happens is you feel guilty because that is your mom. And you should interact with the person, if whether they gave birth to you or not, but that's the person who nurtured you or who raised you, feel like, i got to be tied to you somehow. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes that boundary is I call you once a year, maybe on your birthday, or I send you a card. I don't really even call. I send you a card because I'm going to acknowledge who you are, but that's the most we can do. And that's okay if that's what you need. Other times you can call. Other times you might be able to go out to the Mother's Day dinner and that's about it. And then sometimes like that the most, maybe you can find out, I can be around you, but that's just about, I'll be around you for a little bit to see how you're doing, but we're not going to talk about how I need to parent and what I need to do in my life. We're just going to enjoy just company, just being in the presence. It might be that. And then for some, it is a complete cutoff. There is no card. There is no phone call. It's just, we have closed the door. And you have to be okay with that. Now, to cope with that, I know that's hard. You probably need to talk to somebody. You need to pray or get some type of spiritual advice. Maybe go into counseling, talk to some people who understand, who don't judge you for it. Now, one thing I will say, if you have a lot of people in your life who are very close to their moms, make sure they respect the fact that you're not. You know, I don't think you should be made feel... You should not be made to feel bad because you're not as close to your mom as they are. So look at your circle to make sure your circle is supportive of the fact that your mom is a little different with you than they and their mom is with them. I think that's a way you can deal with the fact that, unfortunately, your mom is not that positive of a mom. And it does happen. Unfortunately, out there it does. If you're wondering, was this normal? No, it's not normal to be that way. And you do what you have to do to cope with it if you can. And sometimes things do turn around if you guys both do the work. That's what I have to say. Yeah, but I'm going to turn it back to Dr. Mom. I'm sorry. I just, I thought, I think that you made a good point when you said the people who are close to their moms. It's important to understand that every situation is different. Just because that's what it's supposed to be does not mean that that's, you know, always what it is. And I know some people with malignant mothers. And one thing, you know, there's a pattern I've seen 
is where they're clumped together. So it's like, you two just can't get along. You two just can't. It's always something with you two. And I see that that's been, that's, you know, really hurtful to the daughter or son because it's not them most of the time. It's not them. And to be clumped together, you don't know how they try. Like everybody, I'm sure, you know, 98% of this, you know, the population would love to have a close bond with their parents, right? So this is not something that they're choosing. There's a reason why. So what I'm asking is to, 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 you know, if you know somebody who's having, you know, issues with their mother and have been for years, try to understand their situation before clumping them together. You know, because it is hurtful, you know, especially when you're trying to be apart or trying to make this thing work. And for whatever reason, she refuses. It's just another, you know, way to validate how that, that, that child, grown child, feels. So. I'm glad you brought that up, Monique, because I think that's important. Oh, great. Thank you, Dr. Moore, for that tidbit there and for adding that feedback. And, you know, another thing I didn't mention, or that we didn't mention that malignant moms do, too, is they enable bad behavior, too. Like, another sign of a mom, if, you're, if you want to know if you're that mom, if you're enabling and coddling the behavior of your child and you know your child is really not doing so, uh, a great of a thing, but you keep enabling and coddling them, that's also the trait of a malignant mom because the only thing you're going to do is create damage and you're going to allow that person, that child, who's probably an adult now, to create, to cause damage in someone else's life. You know, that's like a mom who knows their son is an abuser, but they keep making it seem like their son is not an abuser. And only he keeps doing is abusing women, okay, or others. Same thing, or, or that mom knows that their daughter has a problem with her children. Like, you really are not doing good, but you keep in there, oh, it's okay. It's okay. She has an attitude. It's okay. And you know it's not, that's not okay for your child to be that way. And you keep encouraging it. That's a sign. That's not what you should be doing. That's not what should have happened. So, you have to watch out about that enabling behavior, behavior they have as well. And get as far away from it as you can. That's what I think. I don't know if you can compete against the ones that are going to enable the child that's now an adult. So, Dr. Moe, anything else with this? I love it. I thank you, Dr. Moe, for your feedback on this. Like I said out there, if you are experiencing this, please know it, it can get better for you. Just some things may have to be changed as far as who you interact with, it, with how you interact with them, and when. All right? So, I'll leave you with this. We always thank you for your support, and here you go. Leaving a toxic relationship means giving yourself an opportunity to understand your needs. And that's my unknown. Thanks so much for tuning into the Healing Podcast. And please like, share, and subscribe. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.